wait, wait, you, you want me to be like funny haha or funny what I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi, this is Julie Maris from Wicked Unscripted, and here comes Sci Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you're listening in Singapore, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to TalkCast 222, entering a universe where the unexpected is to be expected unless you're expecting to be expected, in which case, well, whether that was unexpected. Deep in Area 51 on sub-level 11 at the Double Bubble Squeaky Lube, where tonight we say we do because we can and we can because we did. And I don't know what I'm doing here. I am the Dome, and it's a secret. Joining the talk cast tonight, the usual cast is with us in the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, Countess of Technicalness, inaccurately referred to as Testy, when all she wants to do is test. It's our own girl genius, Kriana. I only test one variable at a time, baby. From the stacks of her personal quiet place in the dank dungeon Zen Garden, the unmutable woman herself, known throughout the universe as the Robot Whisperer, it's Zombrarian. What do you mean, Zen Garden? Why am I outside? Why am I not in my reading room? It needs to be indoors. From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ginger Anjanu. She was the body double for Swoozie Kurtz in both Dangerous Liaisons and Cruel Intentions, so we know how she got her reputation. It is the dead redhead. It's true. I do have Cruel Intentions. <laughs> and cruel shoes for those of you who get that joke. Oh my lord! <laughs> tonight we have two guests with us. Tonight we're going to start uh, the second half of the show with a uh, longtime friend of the show, uh, gal pal to all of us, Christy Peterson Schoonover, to talk about her latest work and our latest work and work that we're doing work for. But we're going to start off the show uh, as we start off shows. Okay, guys, <laughs> too much wow. going on in the background right now. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm just hearing beeps and pops all over the place. I think you're around Christy by osmosis at this point. Oh, uh, yeah, well, there's that. Are you drunk, Dome? To begin the show, I'd like to introduce Travis Ritchie, better known as Inspector Spacetime. Travis, welcome. Greetings, Portugal. Where is that what you said, Portugal? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Portugal. I'm good with that. Singapore. <laughs> Uh, Greetings, Ecuador. I don't know. That's <laughs> just, you gotta get one with every country now. So, United States, yes. Canada, Mexico, States, Canada, Panama. Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, <laughs> Dominican, Cuba, Peru. I can do the whole thing. Oh my <laughs> God. I'm as much of a nerd as any nerd that has ever nerded the nerd sphere. Travis is here with us tonight because Inspector Space Time, or the one we can't call Inspector Space Time. No, you can certainly call it that. Only I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. Has come back to do a movie. Oh yes, exciting, isn't it? 
it's incredibly exciting. When we found out about it, we all kind of went, yes, now, thank you, please. Or, take my, shut up and take my money! That's right. <laughs> I will, I will take your money. Well, you did. Good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, in lieu of putting a season two together of Inspector Space Time, we are now doing The Inspector Chronicles, an untitled motion picture about a space traveler who can also travel through time. Pretty good. There's no N on it. It's just a... Uh, you know, I, I just do that by, by uh, I don't know, it just kind of drops there. Yeah, no, I did the same thing in the actual uh, Indiegogo video. You know, you can I say, <laughs> I say there's no the in it. But uh, yeah, no, that's a, it, it was a big decision to get uh, not only to decide to do a movie, uh, which we reached uh, after we got our latest uh, guest star involved, but um, also to the, the, the name change. Like, I struggled over what to call this thing. Like, do we just go to, you know, like, uh, Tony Lee actually was insisting that we just call it the Inspector of Space and Time, which, you know, it's, I, it's, I get it. a couple title, yeah. Uh, but I just didn't feel like it was funny. And so, uh, but I also understood the, 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 the need to have something that unifies all the different properties. Like, we have plans to do uh, um, the motion picture and a video game and, uh, and a vid- you know, all, a all these things, game. a comic book. Um, <laughs> so how do we unify that under one, you know, name? So we decided to add the Inspector Chronicles in front of all of it so we can still have untitled comic book about a space traveler who can also travel through time and, you know, all those other things. So, you did season one on the web. Mm-hmm. People loved it. Got a lot of great response. We were very, very proud. I, is, I was so ecstatic. You and, and Piper uh, are, were just so much fun together. Thank you. Well, that's Carrie Karanen. She's, she's incredible. We were so lucky. I've been wanting to work with her for a couple of years before we ever did The Inspector and just searching for a project and... Uh, I was so happy to be able to bring her in, and that you know, even after she auditioned, uh, that she was so wonderful. So now you're 20 days away from your end date on the Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. You're well over halfway there already. Yep. And part of it has to do with some real surprises for guest stars that you've got in here. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were uh, well. I mean, do you, do you want to announce it, or should I just? Oh, them. please, babble away. Let's, let's I, I, as long as you say first name, freaking last name. That's that's the format that it has to be in. Oh, so, yeah, I'm not in the habit of uh, in you know calling people last name, comma, first name. Um, no, 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 no. You, have- like, like, here, I'll, I'll announce the first what? one. Go ahead, My yeah. personal favorite, Bob freaking Picardo. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, we do. We call him Bob because we're best friends with him. Um, oh. But uh, I have been a fan of Robert Picardo for literally as long as I can remember because, you know, he was uh, in one of my first movies, The Explorers. He was the voice of the aliens on the ship, right. you know, when they take. And then he was in uh, China Beach, which I watched with my mom. And then he was in, you know, The Wonder Years, which I watched. And then he was in, he was the freaking doctor on Voyager, which was, um, he was easily one of the best parts of that show. Also, and he was on Stargate. I'm just saying Stargate. Just without saying. hearing, what is the nature of the medical emergency? Yes, exactly. Well, and isn't it cool that we have, uh, he's the doctor. And yes. he is in the movie with the inspector. And now we have another The Doctor uh, because Sylvester McCoy uh, joined the cast, which is 
it just blew my mind. Uh, first of all, I, I happened to be in uh, in Paris or in in France for the um, for the Marseille Web Fest back in October, and um, and this was from the first season of the show. This was we had just released the prequel episode, which, in my opinion, just is two hundred percent better than even the first season was, which already exceeded expectations. So here I was in France, and um, uh, Sylvester's manager or agent. Uh, Pat is trying to get us together to talk because she's a fan, and wow. so uh, we we tried to meet up in Paris, but didn't quite make it because he was at a convention. And then I made it to London for a couple days, and we met for tea. I mean, that's I had, awesome. Yeah, I had tea <laughs> in London with freaking Doctor Who, um, and so we we had a lovely time chatting about the show, and uh, I, I then you know followed up with scripts that I sent him and uh, stuff like that. And then in December, he gets back to me and says, yeah, I'm in. I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I'm literally seething with burning jealousy. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, there's half of me that is the, the professional, uh, you know, producer, actor, whatever. But then there's also the fanboy half of me that is just uh, shaking and quivering. Oh, so Jesus. I get Travis, it. I get sitting here and fanboy over every single one of these people. Dome is a professional quiverer. I am. I am. I have, I have been known to mispronounce, for example, Mayim Bialik. Mayim. I, I, I could not. If she was sit, sitting in front of me, uh, I would never be able to. Well, let's just let's just face it. If she's sitting in front of you, first of all, you would not be looking at her eyes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> oh, and, and, and then and then I'd say, well, say Lisa Marie. And, and then <laughs> you would say something like, "So." You were TV's blossom, and she'd be like, <laughs> "That is a fact." And yeah, she she would look at me and go, "Was, was that, that a question?" question? <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. Is there. A, um, there's a video that you all should look up uh, that I produced, and this is one of the reasons I met uh, the ways I met Maya initially. Is she came and did a show uh, at the Acme Comedy Theater, and uh, we did a video called, um, I believe it's called, uh, the Last Lap, L A P. Uh, and if you search for the last lap, Mayim Bialik, uh, you'll probably find it. But it's uh, it's basically an interview show where the interviewer uh, encourages her uh, her guests to put their head on their on her on her lap. <laughs> and so Mayim, uh, it's a, uh, uh, Porter Kelly is the name of the actress who, uh, who wrote the sketch. And uh, it's just you know Mayim's head is on Porter's lap as she's being interviewed, and it's just really delightful. Um, but I produced that and shot that and edited it. And uh, that was a couple years ago. And then uh, it just so happened that, uh, like, uh, two years ago, maybe, I was on my way home from Wisconsin uh, for from Thanksgiving. And I just happened to be uh, get on the airplane. This is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by the way. And I get on the airplane, and uh, I get all... I'm tired, and I'm cranky, and I get all the way back to my seat, which is in row 29. And uh, this... This girl has her sandwich sitting on my seat, and I just am, I just look at it. I'm like, this is this is my seat, and the girl looks at me and goes, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" And I look up, and it's freaking Mayim Bialik, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, Mayim, we we're at Acme together." And so we spent the plane ride chatting and talking and and you know wanting figuring out that we you know wow we should work together again sometime. And so then, so your I, burning annoyance was transformed. 
immediately, of course, because Mayim is such a sweetheart. She is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And, uh, and she was wonderful to chat with. And then, so when I had this thing that I was trying to do, and we had this opportunity to have her involved in a very easy way, you know, just have her do voiceover work, um, uh, she was, she was enthusiastic to try to help us uh, get it done and so uh, with the help of her and her personal assistant we were able to actually get you know about 15 20 minutes of her time and uh, just went in recorded the lines and got out again so it was super nice of her and Chase Masterson oh you know what before we talk about Chase actually okay Mayim is also a doctor in real life she's a PhD in neuroscience and plays a doctor a PhD in neuroscience on the show. Now, now so, I, I have to ask you a question because here's here's something that I love about you is that you you do nerd stuff and you also are an awesome nerd and appreciate having tea in London with freaking Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the gentleman and I forget his name because I have blocked it out of my mind. Who plays her boyfriend on that certain TV show? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Does not even know what a TARDIS is. Really? I find he that difficult. He went on Craig Ferguson, and Craig Ferguson was like, look, Doctor Who TARDIS! Because Craig Ferguson is awesome. Yeah. And and he was like, yeah, I, have, I don't really like that stuff. Interesting. And from that, I have not watched that TV show since. Hmm. Well, I always did get the impression that the, the Big Bang Theory is more about nerds than written by nerds and you know it's not like community the cool thing I, I always I always connected with community because it, ne- it isn't necessarily about nerdy things but it is clearly a show by nerds and um, so I don't know I, 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 I think the Big Bang Theory is more what popular kids think nerds yeah, are. Yeah, it's kind of what non-nerds think nerds are. That's that's my yeah, impression. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just I did, it hurt my heart. Oh, sorry. So Chase Masterson. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Ch- uh, Chase is the only non-doctor, actually. Uh, although I feel like she must have played a doctor in something. But um, you know, she, she also can play is... doctor with me. Yeah. Uh, wow. wow. Thank you, Kriana. Hey, uh, you know, I'll put some money in the creepy jar for that one. Please. <laughs> Welcome to Sci- Sci-Fi Saturday Night at Night. <laughs> Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Saturday night late night. Oh yeah. yeah exactly. Um. Chase also is just this amazingly generous, kind person, and she is doing such amazing things with her anti-bullying campaign. Uh, and she is she's a phenomenal actress, and she is just. We met literally a year ago at the closing ceremonies for Gallifrey One, and we started chatting that night at the at the at the like uh, crew party, and then one thing came to another, and she was just part of the show and. Ugh, I don't know. I I am so lucky uh, in every respect. Every every moment of this journey has been incredibly lucky for me. Not only being cast as Inspector Spacetime on the, just getting the audition for Inspector Spacetime um, for Community was huge, and then getting cast, and then all the stuff that has come from that. Um, I, I've been, I, I'm enormously gratified about it all. But let's about face it, of all the, of all the people who could have been cast as Inspector Spacetime. We're lucky that it was you, because <laughs> who else would have taken it this far? And you know that taking it this far is exactly what needed to happen. Yeah, no, I thought so. And I'm just amazed that I'm the one who did it. Like, honestly, I'm... I'm, I'm but I, I can fathom 
why Sony didn't do it or NBC didn't do it or you know it was this this wealth of uh, of you know fans were doing all this work and uh, they obviously had the love and the money you know all you have to do they were demanding merchandise and demanding content and, and it wasn't uh, happening yeah it wasn't happening so uh, and so they you know went basically all I did was tell fans if you want it badly enough to fund it I'll do it and they did and so I did and that's the beauty of living when we live yeah no I have to say I, I, in fact in the last couple of weeks a few times i've said to myself god i love the internet because even five years ago even well i guess five years ago maybe this was already going on ten years ago this this wouldn't have happened even if they were demanding the content you know there was there were no platforms like kickstarter or indiegogo or and no one had ever or youtube youtube didn't exist ten years ago there were no podcasts ten years ago. Are you sure? No, there were. That's podcasts. not true. I was actually doing a podcast ten years ago. There were podcasts. They were in a slightly different format and did not auto download to your phone. Yes, it was harder to get them. Yeah. There was no iPhone ten years ago. That's true. True, well, but there were iPods. Like I, my first been. iPhone, my first podcast was designed for the iPod Video. Oh, that, uh, so quaint. That's a throwback. Yeah. I Which, know, right? by the way, the last time I was in in California are in the computer museum. How weird is that? <laughs> I'm walking down, I'm like, there's the iPod. I had one of those. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, I'm old. Not, this, is not, yeah, this is not even the full screen. You know, the, this is back when it still had the click, click wheel. Click wheel, yeah, it's totally. Like two inch screen that could play video. Well, Zombrarian had the original one with the, the like really big one. Wow. The one that was like the size of a pack of cigarettes and I used yes. to get in trouble all the time at school. Like, teachers would make me turn out my pockets because they'd see the iPhone. Oh, really? And, they thought, and they'd or think the I had cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was anti that, actually. Um, so I was working at Best Buy, and I thought, who would ever want to carry around a hard drive in their pocket? <laughs> Only everyone. <laughs> what did I know? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it was inconceivable at the time. Mm, it was well. I mean, at the time, uh, like Creative and all these other companies were putting out like 32 megabyte MP3 players, and uh, and here comes Apple with its you know what was it one gigabyte at the time or something like that. No one needs and a hard was... drive that big. Yeah, who needs it? A thousand songs. No one has that need, many I songs. I only need four. Hi Napster. <laughs> then that whole thing happened. Why? Well, I just remember. I just remember, and I'm interrupting for the first time here because I've been so enwrapped with Inspector Space Time talking (laughs) that when I moved into my housemate's house in 1997, I was introduced to the Unix system. Mm -hmm. Wow. And my first conversations with people who are his friends in New York City on the Echo, Echo, which is still out there today, which is founded by Stacey Horn, is all Unix, and it's pretty much still Unix. And Echo. it's crazy because I go, oh, my God, I love Unix. Well, like, you all, have to compu- actually all type computers worth... And, like, yeah, it's really cool. All computers worth running are still based on Unix. It was about <laughs> that time but, when I, uh, my, <clears throat> my RA in college had a, uh, had a uh, Amiga? Yeah, nice. oh, my God. Oh, my God, I remember that. Yep. I used to do animation on an Amiga 64. Yeah. 
I had no idea. I was I built my own systems uh, for a long time, and I was at one point a big computer nerd. I was doing coding and, and writing software, and then I uh, I left it for about a year. I don't know, and forgot everything, and then everything by, passed me by, and now yeah. I'm if you don't hopeless. keep up with it, it like moves at the speed of light. Yeah, my big my big achievement was frames on my website. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, was doing that. I was doing that before anybody else. Do but, you do uh, the invisible table layouts? Those I have awesome. no idea. Probably. <laughs> well, I just remember, too, the um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. Oh, my God, yes! Commodore 64. Oh, yeah. And just so you guys can geek out, I have a working Commodore 64 in my house. Oh, wow. And I still have the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. And 30 years later... I'm still trying to win. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I for a long time at my apartment in uh, in Minneapolis, I had a Apple II C and an Apple II E right next oh to each god, other. Oh my god! Yep. Wow. Uh, on my table, and uh, I thought they were great. I used to play. I used to play one game really. I played Taipan, um, which oh. now I have on my iPhone. But uh, yep. that was a. I was addicted to that. Okay. Yep. Can Can I just? Are we getting off topic? Can I say you kids get off my lawn for one second? Has anyone tried the iPhone version of Oregon Trail? It's horrible. Horrible. (laughs) Awful. Just raise my hopes and then dash them. I know. Well, my hopes were also raised because I was like, oh, hooray, joyous day. They've ported it. And they completely redid the game, and now it's stupid. Also, you can't name everyone in your wagon after people who you dislike or are angry at. (laughs) And then then set them on rapid speed and meet their (laughs) rations and watch them die. (laughs) That was the best part. Also, the hunting. That was fun, too. Yeah, yeah. But see, here's what I don't understand, and not to interrupt, but, you know, in all honesty, they keep trying to improve things and update them, and... Those things were great before. So why are you going to fix them and update them? Just leave them alone. Well, if they work, they work. Sometimes updates are good. But, like, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. You know, so, kids listening to us well, right now are going, what the hell are these old yeah. people talking about? I know, right? <laughs> What's an apple tea? I don't understand. What? He had apples on his table? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> discs never came in smaller than one gigabyte. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> What is a megabyte? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someday children will say that. <laughs> actually, actually, really funny story. Um, the other day I had to explain to my coworker that, that there were, well, actually there were more than two, but there are two basic kinds of memory. And that because her computer was out of one kind, putting in more of the other kind would not make it faster. <laughs> You know, but that's not standard knowledge. I mean, people don't understand how computers work. They just want. I think it used to be. Work technology. That's all they want. I suppose. Um, Never does. Anyway. Anyway, that was a. That was so much fun. (laughs) Why am I here again? Um, (laughs) Chase. Did we talk? We talked about Chase. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, Chase, uh, Chase obviously is is fantastic. We had a uh, uh, we did tape a, uh, our first table read with her. Um, probably will never get out, but uh, it was just awesome to have her come and and be so enthusiastic. Like honestly, I had wanted to meet Chase at my very first um, Gallifrey, and she had canceled at the last minute for some reason. Like she had a you know a, she had a work conflict, and um, I was so disappointed. 
and uh, she um, and then we just happened to meet at the next one, and it all turned out. And she has been one of our most vocal fans, which uh, is so. I mean, that means so much to me to have people telling other people that you know, and and maybe I don't know both parties, you know, but have people telling other people how much they love my stuff is just makes me feel amazing. So. So what is the Collective Digital Studio that you're working in conjunction with? The Collective is a, so YouTube channels, um, uh, there are out there uh, channel partners or channel, you know, where uh, a company like the Collective, for example, creates a deal with YouTube so that its partners, um, because its channels have higher uh, quality of content, for example, Mm-hmm. Or more or bigger audiences, the deal that they make is that they get more money per view uh, in advertising from YouTube, and uh, and then they have the, these you know networks of channels that they work with, um, and that's what we are. So we're one of the channels that uh, is in the collective's network. Very cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So that that brings you to a wider audience each time then. Theoretically, theoretically, <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't. Uh, you know, we actually had a few months in the last few months where we were putting out original content, more. Uh, you know, more sketches, two hot guys in the shower, more. You know, uh, comedy videos, and uh, some of them got decent views, uh, but most of them have not. So, um, so I'm still trying to develop my audience on YouTube. It's a. It's a tricky. It's a tricky thing. So, where on Indiegogo is the gosh darn share to Facebook link? Seriously. It's right up on the top. Yeah, it's right under the main video, I think. Uh, yep. And you can actually get yourself if you log into I, Indiegogo. I am logged in. I don't. I don't see right. any Facebook thing. Well, I have all Share my web campaign. stuff shut down right now, so that this call goes well. But um, if you uh, if you are logged in, you'll get a, a personalized link that when you paste when you uh, post it, <laughs> oh, people Kriana who donate may through that have link. a certain applet running that may be interfering with things because ads are <laughs> evil. There it is, NVM. Got it. Great. So yeah, if uh, we have a referral contest going where people refer uh, people via their own personalized link, I can track that. And uh, if you win the referral, basically if you refer the most amount of money to uh, the campaign, you will get the perk equal to that amount. All right, so, well, I'm sharing this on Sci-Fi Saturday Night right now. Awesome. Because uh, we've got 691 people who like us. Probably Facebook will show this to four of them. Yes, of course. <laughs> because Facebook is evil. They are. They are. I actually spent the last few days individually messaging all of my friends because Facebook uh, deliberately makes it so that not so that only a small portion of your friends and fans see your posts. So they do. They do. So that you'll pay. Yeah. So the only I, option I, I have. you know, one of my companies actually experimented a bit with it, and it's just, it's killing people like businesses are not going to use facebook anymore because it is useless and actually the ads that you pay for also useless yes i know and there there was a well and i think that is not common knowledge yet um but there was a great video call uh from uh, veritasium uh, i don't know if you know his channel um but he put out two amazing videos detailing exactly what's going on on facebook and it's it is it's 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 close to fraudulent Actually. I think it is, I, and I'm gonna look that up because and I would like to know the... exactly what's going on. Because yeah. we 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 tried to puzzle it out for a little bit and say, okay, if we tweak, 
you know, our audience does that. No, nothing helps. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't translate to any sales at all. No, no. No, and I, I would have to honestly agree with that because back in the earlier days of Facebook, like when I first joined in 2008 and 2009, I could pay for an ad and I basically saw a direct spike in relation to interactions or sales. Mm-hmm. And the prices were reasonable. And so I got a Facebook page. But what seems to work better now is groups. Um, groups oh. because you've joined a group. Do you know what I mean? Okay. You're a group yeah. for this this thing or this topic or whatever. And that works a lot better. But that does not help anyone who's just a fan of a page. Mm. And as both a promoter and a consumer, I get annoyed because there are honestly Facebook pages that I subscribe to, and I no longer see their posts. And you don't see anything from them. And yeah, I it's want ridiculous. to. Right. It's yeah. like, I want to. That's why I joined your page. Like, and there used to I'm be not one of these people that just goes, oh, I'm willy-nilly. I'm just going to sign yeah. onto your page. Yeah, me too. Me I want to see their posts, and I don't see it. And there used to be an option to, like, you know, to see all posts, to, to, to exactly. basically dictate how much now. in your... And yeah, and then you can't do that for pages or for people. Like, I used to have it where I would select each person you know how much i want to exactly. see their posts and um anyway but the uh yeah so it's it's frustrating uh, and the the way they do it is different than like youtube you are a content producer um but he, on facebook you are the advertiser and the advertised yes so it just yeah. it, it's not it does not work anyway no you it's know, not working and i think i think in all in all honesty what facebook is going to find that they tried to tweak this thing to get more money out of their mm-hmm. free platform. Yep. But what they did is what every corporation has always done. They, t- In all honesty, because I work for a major corporation, so I know how they work, and I get mm-hmm. all the marketing emails, and I see what's going on, and I'm like, you're, you don't get it. You're not doing it the right way. What you're doing is you're saying, oh, you want to promote your stuff? Okay, well, you have to pay for it. Yeah. But the yeah. reality is you're better off Having the people who want it for free that add you, that see it, that can freely share it with their other friends, it's all about branding. It's all about word of mouth. Yeah. And I think Facebook is going to figure out, it'll take them a while, but they'll figure out they basically screwed themselves. Yeah. I'm not sure if they will figure it out. I feel like they'll uh, they'll 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 kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Travis, I know you have to leave, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, yeah. i got a couple minutes if there's any... Are there any questions? Uh, I but, mean, do we, do we miss... Can, well, can, we just, can we just bitch about young people nowadays? I know, more? seriously. We're just, we're just <laughs> complaining. I'm not a complainer. Facebook? Usually, I'll but, take a Facebook quiz live on the show or something, I guess. Um, hey, kids, get off my lawn. I don't know. <laughs> Facebook quizzes are the thing nowadays. So what I want to do, Travis, is get you back on the show... After the Indiegogo campaign is funded, oh, maybe maybe I love bring... your optimism. Thank you. Oh no, there's no optimism. Oh, here. it's going to be this funded. Is, this is a fundable event, and yeah, I, I think so too. I honestly think that there's no. I mean, you know, part because my logical brain says, you know, look at the the. I know the script we've got. I, I know the cast we've got, and what we showed that we could do with the prequel episode. Uh, there should be no reason why this doesn't get funded. Not only Absolutely. from the campaign, but also you know from investors. But then also the. Um, the other side of me that sees that it's not done yet is just uh, a, a nervous wreck. Well, so. you got 23 days to go, and like Dome said, over halfway there. And yeah. I just posted it up to our, our Facebook, so four out of our 700 like 
people. <laughs> Likers. Well, thank you. Thumbers of up. I'm not sure what to call them. Um, fans, maybe? Sure, fans. Well, four of them will see it. Um, I've been ignoring the peanut gallery. I apologize, peanut gallery. Hi, Cam. <laughs> also, um... Hi, Cam. Also, Jason would love to see Dome in front of Mayim Bialik, because that would be hilarious. <laughs> Thank also, you, <laughs> he says that Chase was in General Hospital and also in one episode of ER, so maybe she was a doctor. Did she play a doctor in those? I'll have to ask I'm her. I'm not sure, but I think but it counts. But if she did, they don't break. That's awesome. I, I, will, I think I will it check. counts. <laughs> yes, exactly. So totally. that should be our thing. Like, we only allow you to be in our show if you've played a doctor. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Or right. an inspector. So, so maybe, hmm. you know, bring along uh, Nick next time. Or, or, God knows, Mayim, whatever. Or your yeah. sunshiny self. Yeah. Or, well, I'll try to get. Uh, I'll try to get our uh, our our not super famous uh, cast and crew certainly to be involved. I'm sure Absolutely. we can get Nick and Carrie and uh, Eric. Absolutely, um, they're the funnest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great group of. I have. I I cannot say it enough, and I say it every time I can. Is that I have been s- amazingly lucky to be surrounded by people who are so much better at what they do than I am. Uh, and that count, you know, Nick is an incredible young director. Uh, Eric Loya, my uh, writing partner, is an amazing writer. Um, Carrie obviously is a much better woman than I am, and um, that makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but uh, thank you guys. I really appreciate you talking. I do have to run. I have to actually go to my agent uh, up in the valley, and so uh, oh I've got to. Well, you, you can tell him you just completed a really important interview. I know, like, totally. It was totally important, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk thank to you, you again real soon, buddy. All right, it was wonderful to chat with you guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take care. Did we have a poll this week? We kind of did. It was kind of an odd poll, though, wasn't it? It has been odd for the past few weeks, I thought. <laughs> Last couple, we actually got a lot of response. This one, not so much. Um, yeah, we got a lot of similar response more than anything else. There wasn't really only one winner at all. Okay. And I had asked if who in the sci-fi or horror genres this year was deserving of an Oscar, and the only person that was written about was Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. But that's okay. Cumber bitches unite. Although I will say, I think Martin Freeman kind of deserves one too, so. Wait, 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 wait. For which role? Anything? No, 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 not Martin Freeman. Which role did people say Benedict Cumberbatch deserved an Oscar for? They said it didn't matter. That's true. Although I will say, although it was not a genre film, he has a relatively small part in 12 Years a Slave and was very good, in my opinion. I thought his best role was when he uh, photobombed U2's picture. Yeah, that was his best. That was He deserves an Oscar for that. Basically. That was fantastic. He and Jennifer yeah, Lawrence are competing for best Hollywood photobomb in next year's Oscars. But so all the Cumberbitches won. 
I think Dead Redhead is going in and out. Oh, no. I so, am? Cumber Bitches Unite, I guess. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> um, okay. So, Christy, you're up. I'm up. Why don't what you tell you us like what it was know? like meeting Inspector Spacetime? Oh my god, it was amazing. Was he cute? I was just so riveted to that conversation, yeah. He's a really great interviewer. He's got a lot to say. Um, I'm really in support of his project. Um, I actually, what's kind of interesting, saw it online like a few days ago, and I was like, oh, man, i got to support this. So so anyway, that was just really cool. Did you ever in a billion years think that that you would be on the show with Inspector Space? No. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Absolutely not, and it's so exciting, and Nathan's at work, so when he gets home, I'm going to get to tell him about that, and he's just going to flip, because he's a big fan, too, so. I, I so have it on good word that there is at least one new backer of that project. Yes, as of now. or probably two or three. Because <laughs> once hope I spread so. the word, actually, we'll probably get even more than that, but yeah. I hope so, guys. Do stuff. Give this guy money, because he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, before we get to Christy, I just want to say really quick that Story Bundle has a new bundle, and it's fantastic, as usual. That's yes, a, they yes do. I already bought it. It's a huge fantasy bundle. Neil Gaiman is in it. I'm not holding that against them. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, you mean we actually think the same way? <laughs> we definitely have to talk off the air. Oh my god! Well, it, it's been said many times. I I don't need to reiterate my opinion of Neil Gaiman. Anyone who's listened to the show before knows how I feel. And yeah. And I just want to mention uh, one other very quick Kickstarter project, which is called Craigie Who and Mister Timey Pants Comic Book Project. <laughs> This is a project that's on Kickstarter coming out of Cardiff in the UK uh, by a gentleman by the name of Joe Whit- Whitby, who has put together a, a uh, webcomic called Craigie Who and Mr. Timey Pants, which is a fan comic that he produced featuring the 12th Doctor plus all the personalities linked to the Late Show with Craig Ferguson. And I've got to tell you something. It's freaking hilarious. It's fun. I didn't realize that they were able to get that over over there, but of course, on the internet, they can virtually get anything. They the goal was reached within uh, the first three days it was up, and it looks like a great, great fun project. Uh, we're going to put a link to it there, and I've actually asked Joe Whitby to come on the show and, and talk about. Where the hell he got this idea from? <laughs> uh, I think it's a pretty natural extens- extension of Craig Ferguson and Peter Capaldi and their existence. Uh, yeah. Because Shoot. they, at one time, were in the same band together, weren't they? Yeah. Absolutely they were. And, and and Craigie Ferg loves the Doctor Who, and Peter Capaldi is Doctor Who, and his eyes are piercing and beautiful. 
he's never gonna come on the show now. <laughs> he's gonna be like, that weird girl is gonna creep on me. It's just like you do with virtually everyone, but you that's know, a, it's I know. Thing. I, evidently it is. So, Christy, darling, why are you on the show this week? What are we talking about? Well, we can talk about anything you want. Uh, I have a new short story out that was released at the end of January called This Poison Ground. It is ebook only. It's heavily Poe-influenced. So we can talk about that, or we can well, talk about whatever. Let's, <laughs> I'm let's open. Talk, let's talk about This Poison Ground for a little bit. Okay. What's the, um, what? You guys read it, right? Or did you not read it yet? Personally, resounding. <laughs> so I don't think I have a copy of it. No, I'm actually saying I don't even remember. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I had a copy of it. Dom, did you have a copy of it? I had a copy of it, but I have been, you know, at nine and three quarters for a while, so I haven't been doing an awful lot of reading as of late. So no, I did okay. not read it. So, work with me, my darling. What's the story about? Okay, I will tell you. I can give you the blurb on the back of the book. And then I'll tell you what it's really about. Or, um, idea, and I'm just throwing this out here, how long is it? It is It is 8,000 words. A little plus. So, like, it's half an short. hour? You want to just read it? No, how about you just uh, read the no, first no. paragraph or so? <laughs> no, I've actually, I for this show, I did not prepare the first paragraph for you. Uh-oh. I prepared... Uh, part of the second section. Oh, wow. So what I'm going to do, just because I think that's a little more interesting than starting from the beginning. Uh, not that the beginning is not interesting, but there's more action going on in section two than there is in section one. Um, let me read the back of the book. Uh, just after dawn on the hottest day East Providence has endured in a hundred summers, Todd, a bit of a ladies' man, finds his prized rosebush dead. This is only the first in an ever more ominous series of events, and someone, or something, is trying to invade his home. In the tradition of the fall of the house of Usher, Regia, and Aura, comes a gripping tale of love, lust, and regret. Woo! That sounds hot. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... You've got us. Do you want me to... Go ahead and read. Please. Okay. This is uh, the second scene in the book. So we know his rose bush is dead. Todd is a very private person. Have any of you ever spent any time in East Providence? Oh, my God. Rhode no. Island? No. Okay. Wow. A little bit, actually. <laughs> it, is, it is so distinctly a claustrophobic place. The houses are all very small. They all abut each other. They are pretty much all off of 195. They're all clustered around that one area. It is a failing industrial area. Um, it, It does have some nice areas, but to be kind, it's it's really closed off. It's like Rhode Island's version of Fall River. That's it has a bit of really a say. reputation, too. It does, yes. It's very, you know, mob, very Italian. Um, there's a lot of rumors going on. What rumors have you heard? Because name them. They I, all come out I of actually, um, 
I don't remember any specific ones. I just know that whenever we're at my grandparents in Rhode Island, it's kind of, oh, yeah, in East Providence. Yeah. And then they won't let us ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, there's a lot going on. And that's why I chose to set it in that particular environment. Because East Providence in itself, as a community, has a great deal of secrecy. And I didn't grow up there. I don't know, admittedly, but I just know from being an outsider who went there, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it was the perfect environment for the story because this main character is extremely closed off and he's extremely private and he's extremely doesn't want to talk about stuff. So it just seemed to be perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and show this. There was a knock at his front door. He opened it to a blast of heat that smelled like burnt chicken and asphalt. He ran his hand along the door's jam and felt a splinter pierce his palm. Ouch! His neighbor, Lori, in a sweat-stained orange tank, was fanning herself with an envelope. What did you just do? Ugh. He examined his hand, but there didn't appear to be anything there. He wiped his hands on his shorts. Splinter, I gotta sand this thing. I'm really sorry to bother you, but here, she handed it over. This was in my mailbox. It went to the wrong house. He was confused. The regular postman knew the block. You sure? Lori nodded. 34, that's you. He looked at the envelope. It had a cellophane window in it like for a check, but there was no return address, and it didn't have his name, just the street, city, and zip in neat, bold typing. Looks like junk, but thanks. We're taking the kids over to Rocky Bay today if you want to come, she said. He scanned the street behind her. Heat waves weltered from the pavement, and he felt nauseous. Nah, too hot. Well, listen... Come over for a drink later then. She began to make her way back over the cracked sidewalk. Um, maybe got plans. He started to close the door, then changed his mind. Hey, hold up. She turned. Yeah? She was far enough away that he'd have to be loud, and he didn't want the whole neighborhood hearing him. He lumbered down his stoop onto the sidewalk. You didn't have anything odd happen today, did you? She blinked. Like what? The back of his left cap was itchy. He crossed his right foot behind it and scratched. Anything not right in your yard? You know, missing even. Across the street, a baby cried from the second floor window of the brown house that was a couple of years younger than his. No, she said. Why, you get robbed? I had a problem with my rose bush. It was dead this morning, like somebody poured weed killer on it dead. That's terrible, she furrowed her brow. No, I've had no problems. And honestly, if there'd been anything else in the neighborhood, I'd have heard about it by now. Maybe it just died? No, he said. This was deliberate, I think. Call the police, she said. If it was anything that terrified him, it was uniforms poking around his house. 
especially after he'd been smoking pot. No, it's okay. I'll just get rid of it. Well, that's too bad. I bet your girlfriend's going to be upset. What girlfriend? Real pretty, long red hair? Uh, I thought that was your girlfriend. Todd's stomach nodded, caught off guard that it was in sadness rather than any other emotion. You mean Katie. She... She what? How was he supposed to explain this? Katie and I, um... She wasn't my girlfriend. She's not? He understood why she was surprised. There was barely three feet between their houses, so he was sure Lori could hear most of what went on in his bedroom, especially with Katie. He suddenly wished he could walk into his house and Katie would be there. We were just friends, he said. Went to college together a long time ago. He rubbed the back of his neck. It was soaked. Are you all right? God, he hated being this fat. He really did need to drop some weight. His doctor had recommended it at his last checkup. Um, yeah. Well, consider that drink, she said. Thanks for the mail. He went back inside and closed the door, hearing the rattle of the kitchen window on the opposite end of the house. It always did that. Shifted a little because of the air pressure. He considered the envelope then slid his thick thing finger under the flap and worked it open. So there you go. Mm, Hello? You Are you guys still there? there? I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need a copy of the book. <laughs> well, I can certainly email them to you because I have electronic because it's only electronic right now. So. so if people are interested in looking at this, and getting a copy of it, where can they find it right now? Well, the best thing to do, um, it is available on Amazon. It's available on Smashwords. It's available on Barnes & Noble Nook. It's pretty much available everywhere. It's available on the publisher's website. But the best place to go is to go to my website, com, and click on the This Poison Ground tab, and every link for every possible version you could ever want is right on that page. There you go. As well as a free excerpt that I didn't read here, as well as an actual video trailer, as well as a whole bunch of stuff. So you can pretty much get all the links for Kindle or whatever you want there. That's the easiest place to go because it's the central home, if that makes sense. It is the hub of all things this poisoned ground. It pretty much is. Yeah, that's where you can So what else is going on in the life of an incredibly odd horror novelist, friend of the show? Oh, goodness. Well, my husband Nathan is buying a new motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> and now, really, this has been the trauma going on in my house for a week now. Um, I'm happy. Um, because he really needs a new bike, and he needs to ride with his friends and do all that sort of stuff. And he did have a really good bike. for. He's been a motorcycle rider for years, um, and he's had a good bike for a very nice long time, like 10 or 15 years, and the poor thing is finally dying, and it's like an old car. You know, he's struggling to let it go. So he's, But it finally got to the point where he couldn't do long-term rides anymore, um, so I was like, all right, you need a new bike, like 
something that you can ride and, you know, like in the old days. Uh, other than that, um, I just wrote a story about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. That's a ghost story. I'm waiting to hear it's, if it's been accepted to a certain anthology that I was invited to submit to. So I'm waiting to hear that. Uh, I just had a piece come out in Shock Totem uh, about the first time my heart was ever broken. It's creative nonfiction, where my parents forced me to eat meatloaf I didn't want to eat on Valentine's Day, and there was a Valentine's Day party. They wouldn't let me go. So I wrote about that for that. And other than that, not really. I'm just trying to archive things and get my house in order because in two years it looks like I'm finally going to get to move to Florida. So I got a lot of work to do. (laughs) It's a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it really is. And there's this, this secret project in the background, Christy. Yes, and I have three stories already that I have to upload to our Google Drive. Ooh. There, there, is, there is, and we're throwing the hint out to the people in the peanut gallery and the people listening out there in the Twitterverse and, and Megaverse and whatever. There is a secret project happening. More, as time permits, as we grow closer towards making this happen, but uh, Christy and I have been quietly working in the background for quite a while, actually, on this. Right, and with with Kriana and Heather and yep. the big deal. And, and, and a lot of our very, very, very close friends from the show as well. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Um, the, the people who got it done very early, because their deadline is June, sent them to me. So all I have to do is upload them to the Google Drive so you guys can read them until we get the actual address set up. But they're there. And I have not read them yet, admittedly, because I kind of wanted us all to be on the same page when we all read them. So I've kind of been stalling (laughs) until I get them uploaded. But I think we're going to be happy because I've sort of just kind of taken a little tiny peek peek well, every every step of the way along, and the stuff looks good. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, we've we've been very careful about very slowly putting this project together, very carefully making sure we do things the right, you know, that are going to make us happy. And I've got to tell you, I'm I'm as happy as I've ever been with this project right now. So, more. Well, I think it's going to be amazing, and I think the listeners to the show are going to be really pleased. I think readers are going to be pleased. I mean, it's just based on the little bit that I've seen that has come in, it's really great stuff. And I think we managed to inspire serious passion in the people we asked to submit. And to me, as a writer, that is very evident. I mean, I honestly know a dead piece of work when I see it, and this is anything but that. This is anything but that. This stuff so far, like I said, all I did was skim. I didn't even give it a deep read. And already I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. There will be so more all I have to do is upload. There will huh? be more information in the next coming weeks and months as we yes, get there should to be. convention we, season. We just have to have another meeting, you guys. We, have we absolutely do. 
The and meetings feed me, and I'm so depressed we haven't had meetings lately. I'm like, All I need right, my weekly meetings. We'll get it going, we'll yeah. get it going, but maybe, you know, we should do this first. No? Can't hear the music? Sure, go ahead, Kriana. Tell us who's going to be on the show. Go ahead, I can hear it. Okay, well, next week, Michael J. Sullivan rejoins us to chat about his new book, Hollow World. And the week after that, we have Jamal Eigel talking about Molly Danger and the dangers of Kickstarter. Then on the 29th, Gary Summer is going to dish about his new show, The Pop Culture Expo. And on April 12th, we have Griffin S. and George O'Connor to talk about their debut podcast, Dead Redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Books and Booze, Granite Con, and Rhode Island Comic Con, as well as ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Hold a Folk at RobWatsOnline.com. Don't... What the heck happened to that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking. <laughs> hey, I'm talking here, you know? I want to thank our guest tonight, uh, Christy Peterson Schoonover, extraordinary writer and great friend. Travis Ritchie, extraordinary actor, writer, and, and inspector space time. Uh, more from both of them in the coming weeks and months. I want to thank our, our guests. Uh, want to thank our cast. Can you speak, Dom? Yeah, but well, here's my problem. Everything is just locked up tonight. So I'm going to say I want to thank our cast. I want to thank uh, the Dead Redhead there at the House of Blues. I want to thank uh, Kriana and the Zombrarian there in lockup. And I want to say, this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.